Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Greetings and a merry COVID one and all. We're not going to talk about that. We want to have a nice, positive podcasting experience. Well, we're both in the same room, so that's a good start. Yes, but we are looking into remote recording options. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes, but thankfully we're in WA, which is not... Anyway, we're not going to talk about that because I'm sure, listener, in your life, everyone is talking about it all the time. Literally every part of your life must be infested with this discussion of something that probably doesn't even affect you yet. But you know what does affect you? Well, I mean, the economy is crumbling and capitalism is eating itself. So, of course, it affects everyone. Yeah, but the vampire menace. (laughs) I mean, that's the bigger threat here. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where today we are recapping and discussing the third episode of Castlevania by Netflix. It's a good show. It's a damn good show. It's a good show. It's got... Good content. And today, we discussed the third episode of Netflix's Castlevania, Labyrinth. Ooh. Directed by Sam Dietz and written by Warren Ellis. I'm sorry, Sam Dietz. Sam Dietz. Give me the Dietz. Wow, what you a guy. You want the Dietz on Sam? Yes, I do. I want the Dietz on Sam Dietz. He's an American writer. He directed all episodes of the Castlevania animated series. Is that it? Is that all we have on yeah, him? Yeah, that's all the Castlevania wiki has to say about him. I don't know what I expected. I really don't. Anything more? Literally anything else. Yeah. Trivia. He likes writing and directing episodes of Castlevania. It's all he does with his life. They, they get him out of the subterranean future castle he lives in. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. As you can see down here, there's metal veins pumping warm fluid. Uh, and there's Sam Dietz over there, crusty and golden. Waiting for another series to be greenlit. We'll have to sacrifice another Cyclops to awaken him from his slumber. So, Nick. Yes. Overall thoughts on this episode of Castlevania? Um, I would say it's a bit of a banger app. I think this one, stuff happens. We get our first protagonist fighting a beastie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we and get, what a beastie. We get some investigative journalism, hard-hitting. <laughs> Maybe just regular investigativeness. I, I guess, but still. There's some journalist. Trevor's not going to go home and update his blog about this. Well, hang on a minute. We don't know that. Trevor's live tweeting his catacomb exploring experience. Just Sending it out to the speakers. Just fell through the floor. Landed perfectly. Next tweet. Just fell through the floor again. Really hurt myself. <laughs> hey guys, anyone seen warm metal veins before? Or like torches that light by themselves? So weird, right? Hashtag Dracula things. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. It's a good app because things are actually starting to like pick up a bit, you know? Like, yeah. there's two apps of setup. Well, we're, we're clearly careening towards the climax of what was going to be this original movie, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, all this setup is now starting to go places. Because before it was like, oh, there's a nice little bit of platforming. There's some dried goat. But there's nothing that's like... You're in this dry goat. <laughs> Look, it's a classic reference. I'm going to fact check you that before that next episode. And I'm going to be so smug if if you were just wrong. <laughs> what? The dried coat is like a gold? Yeah. Are you fact checking right now? Yeah, I lied. I'm doing it now. Liam, you're going to be so disappointed when I tell you that in Castlevania, the greatest reference ever made is a, dr- a slice or a piece of dried goat for a gold. Well, actually, I think you'll find it's three coins for three slices. Or is it, Liam? Or is it? Watch that YouTube video at the top, titled, What Will One Coin Buy Me? By user Kevin Fishbune. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Ah, okay, you're right. Fuck you. (laughs) 
<laughs> this whole time you didn't believe that I had been some source of hard-hitting truths. I didn't want to believe, but now I understand that it's actually very funny. I know. No, it's not. God damn it, Link, come on. At best, on... it's slightly clever. Get on the goat train. Choo-choo. <laughs> because goats chew things. Oh, I get it. So Trevor's walking through this big church. He's all like, wow, this place seems really ominous. Mm, big coffin here. Mm. I wonder if this is the sleeping soldier. No, is, this is just a regular court. Is this even a church at this point or is it just a tomb? Okay, a um, mausoleum maybe? Ooh, a mausoleum. What is the difference between a mausoleum, a mausoleum and a necropolis? Well, we talked about necropolises last yeah, time. I necropoli. think a mausoleum is just a big stone or concrete building that you put like either a family in or Ooh. one important person in. Okay. All right. So what's the difference between that and a tomb? Old. Gotta be, gotta be <laughs> excavated. Gotta be much older. Much older yeah. than a mausoleum. <laughs> I don't know. I'm mm. not an expert on different means of burial. I mean, one, due to this series, we will probably become quite familiar with the ways of burying the dead so they don't come back. Now we've tried to figure out what exactly a mausoleum is on both my podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Why, what's your other podcast, Liam? Mystery Twins Detective Agency, a murder mystery and detective television recap and discussion podcast. Sounds great, but you know what sounds even better? Jojo's well. You're goddamn right. <laughs> so, like, and there's, like, a lot of big stone statues in here and Trevor's just having a gander and at this point Nick said aloud ah yes the parallax yeah the parallax um, tell me what that is so Trevor looks off in the distance mm -hmm. and he goes hmm because there's this little windowy bit so it looks like the wall is sort of uh, dug into further and then they put bricks there so there's like a little archway entrance windowy kind of looking thing just you know a little bit of decoration. Is that the parallax? No, the parallax is when... It's like, what's this, this architecture term you know all of a so, sudden? It's not even architecture. Yeah, it's, I know. Uh, so it's when he moves, the windowy bit moves uh, faster than the bit behind the ah. windowy bit. So the bricks are moving at different rates, mm. which implies that there's something deeper, further away than what is f at like In first the foreground. Glance. Yeah. So basically what uh, I'm yes. saying is... So that's why I recognised that when we were watching it and I said aloud, ah, the parallax. Exactly. <laughs> and you know why I know the parallax? Because of the uh, TV show Parallax that was filmed in Perth, Western Australia about alternate dimensions and aired on ABC. I thought that was Jeopardy. No. No, Jeopardy was a Scottish show that took place in Western oh. Australia. Or, or nebulous Australia. <laughs> that's true. In the Australian in, outback. Yeah. A camping trip gone horribly wrong. Jeopardy is really good, guys. You gotta watch it. <laughs> All I remember All is... All these Scottish teens, like, just have a... Bad time. Bad time in the wilderness. Second, now we've talked about it on, on both my podcasts. Oh, I thought we started talking about it on actual JoJo's Yeah, probably. Well. Anyway, so there's this parallax that Michael Bay loves to use. He loves using that shit. If you ever watch a Michael Bay film and you notice, wow, he really likes those shots where things move differently in the foreground and background... Yeah, he loves that you, shit. How do you do that in real life? Um, you basically have like a car in the foreground and then further away you have another car and you get your camera and you just slide it along a rail. Ah. And when it's sliding on the rail, the car in the front will move really fast, but the car in the back will move slower. Ah, so you're going to do it with cars. <laughs> no, no. If so you have like a building as well cars further away. Cars animated architecture. <gasps> um, if you have like a building really far away, that'll move even slower. The building slower. is moving because it's on the back of a truck. Like exactly. when they move those houses. Exactly. See, it's not all cars, it's trucks too. 
Just like Transformers. They're not yeah, all cars, exactly, they're trucks too. Exactly. Transformers by Michael Bay. We brought it back around. Here we go. So there's this parallax implying um, hidden entrance. Side note, Michael Bay's Optimus Crime. Optimus, yep, Optimus <laughs> Crime. More, uh, the more apt name because he is, of course, I was going to say, a war criminal. <laughs> <laughs> Optimus Michael Bay's true Optimus crime was making the sequels to Transformers. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm gonna need to redo our March Manime Madness selection so Transformers is there. Which one? Should have thought this through. Hmm. Nick, uh, yes. he's walking through these big catacombs and he finds like a single functioning torch in a sconce. It's ensconced in that sconce. He sniffs and he's like why, it's fresh oil. Ah, uh, yes. That's odd, isn't Someone's it? Someone's been this way. Anyway, gonna take this torch. I guess, we, guess we're just dungeon crawling in an RPG now. Yep. Grab a torch. Your Castlevania-ing. Mm-hmm. Your Castlevania-ing! He's got a... Um, I, think, I think the world is ready for a Dark Souls-style Castlevania game with intense whip action. Isn't that just Dark Souls already? Yeah, but the whips in Dark Souls are all terrible. Ah. Other than the threat of Cain in Bloodborne. Yeah, maybe you just need to um, uh, get good. No, they're actually like mathematically... Truly inferior? Yeah. Do they have any so other status effects? Were, I, remember, I remember I was watching back in the early days of Dark Souls uh, a guy doing speedruns with different weapons. Mm. Uh, and on his whip, whip speed run, uh, when he got to the Four Kings, he actually had to switch weapons because it just couldn't put out enough damage in time to deal with them. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's actually just... A bad weapon. A bad weapon. Mm. Oh. But what else did the whip do? I think do? it has PvP applications because it's got mm. reach. It does have good reach. Does it have any, uh, like, can you Indiana Jones someone and, like, throw, or Trevor Belmont someone and <laughs> throw your whip around <laughs> and, them and take their sword? Exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Oh. Okay, pl- uh, Platinum. I want Platinum to make a Castlevania game and do for sword fights what they do with, with Raiden. Game. With, yeah. Ra- with Raiden, especially. Yeah. For whips. Mm. So make whips an interesting mechanic. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Precision whip action. Precision whip action. We can call it Castlevania Vengeance. No, that's bad. <laughs> but so be... is Revenge. But you know the cut, Nick. Nick, you and our listeners who may or may not have played Castlevania games may not know this, but the um the Castlevania name format, which really stuck, even though the first few didn't really do it, yeah. has become so quintessential to to the, the franchise in my mind, which is like musical term of the goth term. Yes. So you'd say like... Requiem uh, of the Symphony. Oh, sorry. No, symphony, you got that wrong. Symphony of the Night. Yeah, is the most iconic one. There's also Rondo of Blood. Ah. Uh, what about um something like the Allegro of the Gargoyle? Mm. Mm. Or um, let's say Overture of Teeth mm. No, Overture of Bones I like that <laughs> overture more Overture of Bones? Yeah. <laughs> that just sounds like you're at the dentist They're like, oh, you got a real Overture of Bones In those pearls there Well Michael Belmont You have survived the entrance to my castle But how will you surpass my Overture of Bones <gasps> and then, I like, thought a, it was a myth a Big skeleton attacks them uh, Like a Cyclops skeleton Sure. And he just walks in dancing the cyc- We're going to get to that in further detail In later. due time. But the Cyclops battle mm-hmm. in this episode is really good. Yes. And if you ever want to play a video game that can reenact that experience, mm-hmm. I would recommend Dragon's Dogma, which has really good Cyclops battles. That's in the uh, the Humble Bundle right now. Oh, is it? It is. Ah. 
the Capcom Humble Bundle. Available on HumbleBundle.com, run by Humble Bundle. That game has been re-released like eight times now, so I feel like it's getting its due, but uh, I feel like it was underappreciated in its time. I'm literally tempted to buy the Humble Bundle just for that game. It's good, you can climb up a Cyclops and stab him in the eye. Oh, that sounds so good! Or hang on the back of a, um, a griffin while it takes flight and you're stabbing it in its wings and yes. then it falls and you're like, uh-oh. Yes! So anyway, Trevor Belmont's all like, oh, we're well, gonna mm. light this torch. Yep, he takes a look around. Oh no, the floor gives way beneath him and he lands and he's like, huh, reflexes like a cat. And, and then the, the floor gives way again. And he bounces off a big pipe, hurts himself. And he's like, fuck, shit, shit. Oh, friggin' hell, friggin' dungeons. Fucking overtures of fucking bricks. Oh, he also heard someone earlier when he got worried, so he got out a tiny sword. And he's all like, I hear you. I suppose you'd call it a short sword, right? Yeah, I guess we'd call it a short sword, but I feel like it's... A short sword's that short. I think so. Or is it a bastard sword? No, that's a bastard sword is a big sword. I thought a bastard sword was a shorter sword no, than a short sword. No, you're wrong, because Nick, a bastard sword is a um, another term for like a hand and a half sword. Oh. A sword that you can switch between using uh, in a one-handed stance or a two-handed stance, both with reasonable effectiveness. Mm. So then what's the difference between a bastard sword and a long sword? I think a long sword is... Your standard I don't know, operating sword. Yeah, I don't know too much about swords, but mm-hmm. I think a longsword might is might be built for two-handedness. Okay. Or maybe one-handedness, but, that's a great but it sword. has greater reach. Yeah. Well, a great sword, I know, requires two hands. Is a great sword a real thing, or is that a video game No, thing? it's a real thing! You have... You, okay, so you got your longsword, which is like a pretty long sword, and then your great sword is like real big, and it requires your squire to hold because you can't get it out of the sheath. So you're just like... You're there with this really big sword... Your squire hands it to you like, thank you, I shall now ride my horse into battle. And then you like swing your great sword and it's all like swing. Historically, a short sword was a 16th to 17th century term for a short sword that was shorter than a long sword. Ah. <laughs> As if that wasn't self-explanatory. <laughs> but what about a great sword? Classification of swords. Oh, Wikipedia. We, can't, we can't do this. But think about we, it. Nick, we, we cannot become sword guys. <laughs> but Liam, what about when we start selling swords on our podcast? Oh, going, why then we'd be sell swords. Have you, have you ever Mercenaries seen? for hire who could do anything that we're paid for without morality. Have you ever seen... Like... Snake. <gasps> have you ever seen um that that bit that I know you're gonna just be all like ugh when I say this, but the Jimmy Kimmel bit. Sidebar: I whispered snake before. I don't know if that would have caught up, been caught effectively. So I just want to put that on the record. Mm, no one can catch. Snake. Uh, no, I have not seen the Jimmy Kimmel bit. Uh, Go on. Where Will Ferrell has his knives show. Oh yeah, no, actually I have seen that. And then Ryan Gosling just shows up and he's all like, Jimmy, what are you doing here? Why are you on our show? It's like, it's my show. We booked out the studio. It's like, no, we're the knife guys. Yeah, that's a good sketch. It's a good bit. Anyway, that's us now. We're the sword guys. We're the sword guys. We sell swords, by which I mean we do mercenary contracts. Ah, I get it. We're sell swords. Yes. Like Guts from Berserk. Is he a sell sword? Um, briefly. Yeah, I I say briefly. For like 20 years. One of my favourite jokes. Go uh, on. My favourite... It's playing off the fact that the joke doesn't work... Like on its on its most obvious level, okay, uh, in a written format, okay. Uh, I think it was an Anthony Clark Nedroid comic, and it's like it's uh, Betato and Reginald, his two his two characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're talking and they're looking at swords, and it's like, wow, look at that sword. That's not how you pronounce that. Oh, what? Yeah, it's pronounced sword because you're reading it. It's just yeah. the same word over and over <laughs> again. 
So he's just there being like, oh no, it's pronounced sword. Sword? Yes. Sword. Yeah. But you're there going, what the fuck? And what I particularly enjoy about this joke, and this is now the podcast where we just yeah. recount things we like, um, <laughs> is that the way it's written is that we have no idea who's right if indeed either of them are right in this context. So the joke is that anyone could be saying the right anyone thing. Anyone could or be the saying sword or sword or anything else. Or swad. Yeah. That's a good joke. Yeah. I like it a lot. I think about that a lot when I think about the word sword, which is all the time. <laughs> hey, Liam, what's going on in Castlevania right now? Oh, well, Trevor's down in See, I'm bringing it back. dungeon. Yep. He's already noticed um, warm pipes with liquid flowing through them. Ooh, that's Ooh. odd, isn't it? Yes. Metal veins with fluid flowing through them, but warmth within them. What could it mean, Liam? Some sort of Dracula mischief, I Ooh. reckon. Sounds like orc mischief to me. Who says that? Some kind of orc mischief. Yeah, who says that in Lord of the Rings? Oh, uh, Treebeard. Does he? Yeah. When? When he's carrying Pippin and... Yeah, yeah. He's like, sounds like orc mischief to me, and then starts crushing them to death in his hands. Ah, I see, I see. No, see, I remember... Never heard of a hobbit before. You're going to love this. Every time I watch that film, it's about one or two in the morning, because... Because you've just watched the extended Fellowship of the Ring immediately beforehand. Exact. No, the extended Two Towers immediately beforehand. That is the Two Towers. What? No, it's Return of the King. No. Because Pippin and crew are all like, yeah, we're going to go do Ma- our own Mary thing. Merry and Pippin meet Treebeard in the Two Towers because then Treebeard helps get, eventually, after a lot of back and forth, rallies the Ents to attack Isengard. Oh, you're right. Which is happening contemporaneously to the Battle oh, of Helm's no! Deep. Shit, I thought it was Return of the King. <laughs> this is this is a hell of an app. This is the nerdiest episode we've ever done of our anime podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when you were like, Ugh, I don't want to talk about anime, but JoJo's isn't really anime. I'm still there. <laughs> you're still right there, but now you're like, yeah, but Lord of the Rings, this is what happens, okay? <laughs> this is the distinction between swords. <laughs> this is not our podcast. Yes, and Gandalf got glamdring from the, the troll burrow in The Hobbit and and uh, the guy who voices Trevor in this and also plays uh, Thorin Oakenshield... Uh, Who's in the Hobbit also got his sword from that same burrow. I brought it back. Are you talking about Richard Armitage? Yeah. Is he in the Hobbit? Yeah, he plays Thorin Oakenshield. Which one's Thorin? The lead dwarf. Oh, the beautiful one. One of the many beautiful dwarfs. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, so Trevor Belmont fell down some shit. Yeah, and then like some lights turn on and he's like, torches that do not need any fire. Oh, this is some vampire bullshit. (laughs) This is absolutely some Dracula shit. Yep. Uh, And then he sees all these stone statues, most of which seem to be in various states of distress. Uh, One doesn't have a head. He's got big armor on. He's got no head. And I've got an axe. And Nick, this is my turn for a tenuous reach. Oh. I wonder if this fella is a reference to Black Eye and Tarkus, as seen in Dark Souls, who is himself a reference to Big Knight Tarkus from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Which one's Black Eye Tarkus? Black Iron Tarkus. He's the one that you can summon at the top of Sen's Fortress to basically beat the boss up there, the Iron Golem, for you. Oh, yeah! And then you find him fallen to his death in Anor Londo. Oh, I don't think it is because he wields a giant club log. No, you're thinking of Havel the Rock. Oh, who the fuck is Black Iron He's a summon. Yeah, but I thought that that guy was Black Iron Tarkus then. No, you're right. It is Havel the Rock. Mm -hmm. But then who's Black Iron? He's Tarkus. Jesus. There's more summons at (laughs) Sen's Fortress? 
Tarkus. Oh shit, okay. And he's looming over you and you're like, I have to help Jojo. Oh, but no, Tarkus is here. Don't worry, I'm here to help. Kill the <laughs> I'm god. I'm Tarkus, I'm here to cradle you in my strong arms. Speedwagon. <laughs> anyway, oh, this episode's man. weird. Yep. Um, and there's like uh, someone in robes who looks like his lower butt body is being crushed. Ah, that poor boy. And then there's just a, a perfectly pristine um, hooded figure. Hmm. Also statued. Wonder who that could be. And he's like, a speaker. Uh-huh, yes. Either someone's put a statue of a speaker down here, or and then a big cyclops walks into the room. It's uh weird and tree-like, almost. Great, um great introduction to this, the first what I'm gonna call boss monster of the show. Yep. yep. Uh, like it's it's huge steps, uh shake the floor that it walks on and and extinguish one of those electrical torches. Ah. It's uh it's got a terrifying eye that morphs its symbol that's stuck in there when it sees Trevor. Yeah, so it's got a big eye and then like a big regular eye. Shock horror, it's its only eye. Yeah, and then the big regular eye turns into like arcane runes. Uh and Trevor's like Cyclops. And then Shit. it shoots a big laser and he dodges <laughs> and he's like a stone eye cyclops. Right from the family bestiary. God Nick, shits in my dinner once again. Yes, that was a good line. Good oh. line. Nick, this is the time for the new segment that I don't know how much legs we'll have on this, this run of the show. <laughs> it is the family bestiary. If I may. Do it. Thank you. No worries. The Cyclops. Oh my God, look at it. It's an enemy in the Castlevania series. A huge one-eyed giant, slow, but few can compare for raw power. Fires a beam from its mono-eye. Of course, we know Cyclopes hail from Greek mythology. Mm, Cyclopes. Uh, appear, one notably appeared in the Odyssey, if I recall correctly. Sure, I'm and, willing uh, to believe that. And um, Odysseus had to trick it. To get past somehow. Uh, I think maybe it might have also eaten the bones of some of his crew. It's been a while since I've dipped into Greek myth much. Well, fee-fi-fo-fum, I smell the blood of Odysseus scum. Sure. <laughs> Cyclopes were the sons of Uranus and Gaia, brothers of the Titans, builders and craftsmen. Mm. They were giants with a single eye in the middle of their four. Really sort of a one-note creature here. Everyone's yeah. really focused on that one eye. Not so much attention being given to the stone eye lasers they can apparently shoot. <laughs> well, I mean, back in the day, people were content with single-eyed monsters. But then the kids started asking for more. They wanted cooler <laughs> monsters. The poet Homer described them as mortal herdsmen, sons of Poseidon, Polyphemus being the most well-known Cyclops in history. In a famous episode of the Odyssey, Polyphemus traps the hero Odysseus and his men in his cave after they entered to stock on provisions to steal his food, I guess that sounds yep, like. that makes sense, yep. yep. He eats two of them alive that night and two more the next morning. Odysseus manages to get him drunken, to get him drunken sleep, someone didn't write this very well, Ooh. and blinds him by plunging a giant wooden pole in his only eye. Aww. The next morning, as Polyphius opens the cave's entrance to let his sheep graze, Odysseus and the rest of his men... So he seems... Sounds like he shrugs off that blinding pretty well. <laughs> Odysseus and the rest of his men manage to escape by tying themselves to the animal's undersides. Mm. A classic ploy worthy of Trevor Belmont himself. Indeed. Are you telling me that those guys were sleeping in a cave, but the sheep were grazing in the cave? No, he was letting them out of the cave to gra oh, go graze. Oh, okay. 
All right. And of course, the Cyclops was, of course, as in the show, uh, the boss that stood between uh, you and Cypher Belnardis uh, in Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. Oh, that's and upon neat. defeat, she would be restored and would become available as a playable character person. Yeah, companion. Ah, neat. Several other Cyclops bosses appeared in that game, teamed up with other bosses, such as Mummies and Leviathan. And sometimes Castlevania, you just hear these things and you go... How does any of this make sense? Oh, no, this is actually interesting. Yeah. In Japan, he is considered an oni from Japanese mythology, oh. usually translated as ogre, and is depicted with a single horn on his forehead, like Big Boss in Metal Gear Solid V, <laughs> who oh. had one eye and a horn because he was a demon. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, okay, yes, I get you. but Thematically. Was... Thematically, yes. Mm. Y- yes. That's why when you get heaps of demon points by doing immoral acts, your horn gets bigger. Oh, see, I never really did any immoral acts. No, I was a good I was a war good, criminal. Yeah, I was a good wet worker. <laughs> because of the colour scheme used in the Japanese instruction booklet, the Cyclops is shown to be red instead of blue as depicted in the game itself and is shot and shown with a horn on his forehead, possibly an origin for the Red Ogre palette swap found in later games. Hmm, interesting. Cyclopses, baby! Are there any other fun facts regarding Cyclopses? Well, the Cyclops can be found for the first time in the Forest of Darkness, not <gasps> in the basement underneath Gre- Alucard's basement beneath Gretchen. <laughs> How ironic. Only vulnerable to the head. It's good to use the cross with the double or triple shot against him. Mm. So the weapon can be thrown several at the same time and strike the head twice. Ah, noted. And now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> and that's closing the family bestiary for this episode. Join us next time when we talk about, like, night goblins or something. <laughs> I'm just trying to find, like, a book I can be like, well, you know, that, that book. <laughs> sorry to you, the only books in my room are all the way over there. I don't want to get up. I'm a podcaster, not exactly. a walker. I know my place. So he dodges behind... Um, a pillar. Pillar. Mm. Does a lot of dodging behind pillars in this next action sequence. There's a lot of him doing like vaguely acrobatic motions while an eye laser traces the ground beneath him. That's the thing about an eye laser. It's really easy to aim because you just have to look where you're going. Yeah. But you have to have good control of your eye muscles lest you might accidentally look at someone you like and turn them to stone. Oh no. No, my crush. Oh, It's like, if you imagine being a Cyclops teenager and you're like, I'm going to ask out that girl. She's got two eyes and they're both beautiful. Not like mine. And then you just walk up to her and you're like, hey, um, so I just wanted... And then you accidentally... Boom, yes. Not unlike another Cyclops who could shoot lasers from his eyes. The X-Man. Ah, Cyclops. That's a misnomer though because he had two eyes, of course. Yeah. Do you think there must have been a point in X-Men history where he got an eye put out, right? No, I don't think there is. I think it's literally... Well, there should be. He'd look good with an eye patch. No, but then he would just be called One-Eye. You know, I was thinking during this action scene, and they actually addressed it later, which I was quite impressed by. Mm. What's in it for the Cyclops right now? What's he getting out of this? Terror. Yeah, we learn... Beautiful, sweet terror. We learn in the the ensuing dialogue that the Cyclops turns you to stone and feeds off your terror while you're trapped in your own body. Yeah, which is kind of cool. It's and neat. I was like, you know, if he turns people to stone, he can't eat them. Like, what's going on here? But yeah. ap- apparently he can. He eats emotion. Mm-hmm. He's like a psychic vampire. Ah, uh, oh, not a vampire. Why'd you have to <laughs> lower the tone? Ugh, vampires. Vampires suck was the name of a movie by those scary movie guys. <laughs> does, this play, does this take place in the dark universe? No. Oh. Not everything's part of the dark universe, Nick. You can't convince me that 
everything. In fact, is very not. few things are part of the Dark Universe because they only made one movie twice. And then it failed both times? Yeah. 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 So anyway, Trevor's all like, I'm going to throw a sword at you. So he throws that sword. Oh, there's also a good bit where part of his cloak gets turned to stone and he has to like shake it off. Oh, so good. That's good. That's good gameplay. Good gameplay, yeah. Uh, so he throws a sword at him and it goes right into his chest. Yeah, like into his peck, like into his heart. And Trevor's like, come on, you're dead. Stop and notice you're dead. But I guess his hide is too thick. And he just shrugs it off. still gum. Maybe he would have bled to death later. We don't know. Um, so the way he murders him is by whipping the sword from the Cyclops. He's going to get that sword back. So he mm-hmm. does some good whip foo, pulls it out. Yep. And then launches his sword into the air. So it's spinning. Classic move. And then kicks it on the yeah. hilt. I think he used um, Cypher's statuesque, bo- literally statuesque body. Uh, to jump up. For, yeah, as a parkour launch pad. Yeah. Um, so then he jumps up, kicks that sword, and then it flies right into the Cyclops' eye. How ironic. Its greatest strength was also its greatest downfall. As with the Cyclopses in Dragon's Dogma, though I don't think they had eye laser powers. Well, you don't remember yet. I think some of the higher level ones might have. Ah, classic. Because they were Oni. Sure. Otherwise known as Ogres. They were only in my way for a short time. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got Ogre them. Oh, I'm weeping at these puns. I'm literally weeping at these puns. From your one eye. Terrible, Liam. Fucking terrible. So then, like, the Cypher statue unfreezes, and she's like, he's like, oh, a granddaughter, of course. The speakers dress their girls as... And she throws up. Yep. Uh, and he's like, I wish they wouldn't do that. Well, it's safer when we travel, because everyone is awful. Yeah, but I, w- I wish I had the distinction between female and male in their clothing, please. Excuse me. Oh, man, these two, they do not hit it off right away. They do not. They're like oil and water. They're like blood and man. They're like symphony and night. They're like allegro and rotundo. Define those terms for me. I believe allegro is a tempo in music Mm -hmm. and rotundo means big in Spanish, I think. Sure. (laughs) I think. Great. Uh, They're like bene and miseri. They're like spaghetti and meatballs. Never the twain shall meet. (laughs) Inexplicitly linked, but always separated. Ah, <laughs> uh, they don't like each other very much. No, they. I mean, she's like, did you, did you, did you come to rescue me, or is this some kind of sick joke? Well, she's like, did you climb on me? Rude. Which leads me to believe that there's some sort of horrific awareness you have when you're turned to stone by a cyclops. I imagine you'd be terrified. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the go, isn't it? Mm. He wants to eat your sweet, sweet terror. So she's all like, well. I guess I'll just follow you now. Well, no, he's like, let's get out of here. But she's like, but the sleeping warrior. She's got this um, very sort of pan-European accent. Oh, yeah. Like all the other speakers. I suppose so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's like, the sleeping warrior's there. We can't just leave. And he's like, that doesn't exist. Let's go. He, we, we but, go. but hidden wisdom. Hidden wisdom. Hidden wisdom. Says the tomb is guarded. Yeah, well, the Cyclops was here, so we can go now. Let's just fuck off before we die. (laughs) Now we're back at the speaker's house. No, she has the best line ever. Oh, yeah. My name is Cypher. I don't care. So he has the best line ever. Yeah, true. The one thing I could have gotten correct, I got wrong. Um, no, I get I get people's names wrong when I'm trying to attribute quotes in this, this show all the time. Yeah. I always say like, and then Jorno says to Jorno, 
Oh man. The amount of times I've caught myself doing that while I've been editing. And you're just sitting there going, oh my god, I have to fix this. No, I, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> People know it's just because I'm enthusiastic. They like it. Oh god, I love it. <laughs> so yeah, Trevor's all like, I don't care who you are. Let's just go so that we can save the speakers and get them the fuck out of here. He says, so they're back at the speaker house. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaker house. Uh, and he says, there's some someone wriggling with pleasure in his coffin, thinking of people like you down there wandering into that cyclops. Mm-hmm. Do you think that he that he's making an oblique reference to Dracula? Dracula, or because he did he's obviously been through all that Dracula style technology in mm. the uh, in the basement there. True. So Dracula or another vampire. Or mm. do you think he's like, oh, some dead guy did this as some dying prank? I think it's both. I think it's a double meaninged sentence. Deliberately ambiguous. Exactly. I think he might be making a small joke, like a small stab, but at the same time, it's like, whoever put it down is obviously old, so they're either dead or a vampire. And I got my suspicions. Yeah. yeah. So did Alucard put it down there? Or... What was his game plan? I reckon, no, because Dracula must have been all like stabby stabby. Alucard's all like, ow. Puts him in a coffin. Oh, my 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 impression was that Alucard was real donked up, but, mm-hmm. but he could limp away to lick his wounds in a big ah. underground. And so he put the Cyclops there so no one would disturb him. Yeah. Mm. Ironic that the very thing that should awaken him later will be disturbance. <laughs> that is ironic, yes. Mm. <laughs> So, now they argue philosophy for a while, right? Oh, the philosophy. He's like, oh, those things that I saw down there, they were just like the journals of my great-grandfather about the insides of Dracula's castle. (gasps) Dracula? It could not possibly be. No, but the sleeping soldier must be down there. And Trevor's like, all right, I'm leaving now. Uh, And so are you. We agreed on this. Yep, yep. I'm going to come back later, get me some beer. Cypher's like, I could pee in a bucket and tell him it's beer. I do not like him very much. And her grandfather's all like, that's very rude. You Mm. wouldn't do that, would you? And her response is literally, he's rude. (laughs) I'm going to piss in a bucket now. Great banter. Oh, Oh, good times. You can tell already that they're in love. (laughs) So he walks outside and basically into an ambush. Uh, There are some priests and bishops that are there. And Just priests, all... I think. There's only the one bishop Is in Gretchen. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. So there are some priests there. <laughs> and they're all like... Oi, I haven't got a good knife hand anymore. Just, yeah, this is the same guy that he took a pinky off last time. Oh, get it? Because he can't balance his dagger and, anymore. And one eye guy is also there. He got his eye whipped out last step. And uh, my knife hand's not too steady anymore. I could slip and take your eye out. And Trevor's all like, that was actually a well-worded sentence. I, I must give you that. But you're the Bishop of Gresham requests your presence. Oh. No, no, I'm not allowed in churches. I've, I've been excommunicated. Yeah, it's I can't get in. Yeah. Well, the bishop said you'd say that. And he also said that even under major excommunication, you are obligated to appear in the church when summoned. Hmm. So how many of them are I, you? I did, I, I did like Trevor's line where he's like, I know you're I know you're trying to like menacingly kidnap me, but, <laughs> but no, I can't. Literally, I'll just burn into flames. Well, he's, yeah, he's being sarcastic about that too. But he's like, if I burn into flames, it's your fault. It's your, if I burn into flames, it's your own fault. And if, then he starts swinging his arms. <laughs> if the Prince of Demons <laughs> comes out of my stomach, it's your fault. And just like a little like hand starts pushing forward. Now, Prince, don't you eat these souls. Oh, oh, oh there oh, I go oh. in them again. <laughs> Great. Oh, man. So it's the bishop. It's the bishop that we saw in episode one burning Lisa Tepes. <gasps> Not that asshole. Yeah, he is a real asshole. He looks like one. 
So he's like, yeah, he's originally from Targovisht. And like, we get the impression in this conversation that he is like genuinely just like a big dogmatic asshole, like a true believer. And he's just going to crush people. And he thinks he's doing horrible things for the right reason. But he's in fact just doing horrible things. Yeah. So interestingly, the church looks really nice. Got a good amount of upkeep compared to mm. everything else yes, we've seen so far. Passing the hat around. Yeah. So literally, flower beds, nice arches, stained glass windows. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps a stark contrast to the slums that we've seen everywhere else. Well, perhaps the night hordes can't penetrate its holy grounds or something like that. Spoiler alert, they penetrate its holy grounds. <gasps> they wouldn't dare. <laughs> so yeah, he's going to kill the speakers. That's literally the main takeaway is that like the speakers are heretics. We're not going to keep them here. The archbishop had certain interests. He was probably a pedophile. Oh. Uh, that that allowed Tagavish to fall. Into the hands of heresy. Yeah. Into the sick mind and, and of And that's disgust. why the night hordes are here. Because of sin. Not because Dracula is summoning them because you killed his wife. Uh, Trevor's like... What the fuck is wrong with you? You're an idiot. Of course, it's because of Dracula. Do you honestly believe that God is sending down these things? So I, I have, I did not bring you here to ask questions, Trevor Belmont. What did you bring me here? Then I brought for? you here to give you a gift: your life. I'm already alive. Anyway, on your way. Get out of here by sunset, and you won't die. But I, I will not toil for a city with an excommunicated heretic within its walls. That's very selfish of you. Tonight, the speakers will die, and Gregit will be secure. And if you leave, then we can maybe, we can chat about your little excommunication. Trevor's like, you've gone fucking insane. Well, Trevor's like, okay, so that came from above, so you actually can't do anything about that. Uh, and the guy's like, yes, but all the other churches are going to die for their sins, and only I am the good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, your I face am was... the Senate, he basically says. Yeah, he literally goes, I will be the church, because mm -hmm. all the other churches are going to burn to the ground. So maybe there's some kind of hidden motivation. Hidden motivation. Hidden. Not really. Like He says it out loud. Yeah. Like, I think he... He's power hungry. That's it. It's, I don't even necessarily think that he's power hungry. I think he just sort of sees it as an, inevitabil an, an inevitability. Because, mm. of course, he's so holy. He could never fail. It's true. It's true. He is extreme holy. <laughs> hey, kids. Extreme holy. It's just like a guy with, like, an electric guitar... And like crosses. Backwards baseball cap, sunglasses. Oh, yes. And he's like, by the holy light, check out this sick lick. Etc. You know, Shakespeare. Wait, no, Jesus <laughs> was the original rock star. <laughs> Just imagine a church being like, hey guys, we're here to tell you about Shakespeare. Yeah. He's real cool. What about God? What about God? He's just a poser. And what about Shakespeare? Oh, wow, that's the content of some drama classes I've seen too. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Meanwhile, back at the speaker house, Trevor's like, you're all going to die. Good line. He says the new bishop is over the top and into new lands of snake-fuckingly crazy. <laughs> that's the sort of diet turn of phrase you just don't get in translated... It's true. it's true. You normally get things like, man, Demolto. Go ahead, Mr. Joster. <laughs> you just don't get snake fuckingly crazy. He's all kinds of jaggers fuckingly crazy. <laughs> Please, let's play a game. What kind of game? Yes. Have you seen the Shenmue 3 stuff yet? No. Tell me, have you seen this guy? I don't know. What? Yeah. What are you saying? Well, bye now. Okay then. Is this like... This is real dialogue. Oh my god. It's bad. It's real bad. 
They waited 19 years or some <laughs> shit for that to happen. I heard that game was a bit disappointing, but that just sounds very bad. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good. And the story goes on. So now they have their, their proper philosophy debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like... We cannot be driven out for a lie that will doom these people. We, we are speakers. We must do the right thing. So what are you going to do? Huh? Trevor is like, you've got to leave. But like, but they are misled. Does one run away when one tells lies about them? Would, did you run away when the church said bad things about Belmonts? I didn't run away. I, I'm Trevor Belmont. I never run away. Well, then what are you running to, Trevor Belmont? Oh... oh. That's like a sick burn. Yeah. From like... For, from a very polite man. Yeah, it's like... It's sort of like one of those burns that's like, oh, well, how are you doing there? Would you like tea, uh, some tea? Would you like to sit down and have some tea? Or uh, are you not sophisticated enough for that? <laughs> oh, oh, did that did that come from my mouth? Whoopsie daisy. I didn't mean it in that sense. Why are you oh. doing C-3PO? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he just comes out with some sick burns like this guy. So he's like, are you calling me a coward? No, we are calling you defeated. Oh... Ooh. We, we are not yet defeated, though. We have the accumulated wisdom of our country. The great country of Wallachia. The greatest country in the world. Uh, I got bad news for you guys. Ah, uh, so yeah, they're like, you know, we've, we've got to fight this battle for the soul of the people because if we become the kind of people who... We, sort of Wallachia as a whole, become the kind of people who will just tear people apart in mob justice, then maybe we all deserve to die to Dracula's hordes. Fair, fair. Mm-hmm. But consider this. I'm Trevor fucking Belmont. Yeah, so Trevor, like, he grips his sword and he turns and he's like, oh, all the speakers stood up as one and it was very inspiring. <laughs> just like, we're like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's like, it's a thing. Yeah, he turns his sword, he turns back and he's holding his sword in his hand. And he's like, no, you're leaving right now. It's night time now. What happened to the speakers, Liam? Oh, we'll find out shortly. Liam, what happened to Maybe the speakers? Maybe Trevor killed them all. Liam, what happened to the speakers? Um, so it's sunset. Yeah, they're lighting torches and getting their pitchforks and spears. I like the parallel between all the people of Greget? Mm-hmm. All the people of Greget being like, let's go kill some speakers. And the angry gargoyles now flying in from afar. And it's like, let's, let's go have some fucking fun. Let's go kill some mobs. So, nice parallel between yeah, yeah. the mob mentality. Who's the real monster, huh? Oh. The monster or the mobster? I, I think it's the monster. Oh, I think okay. they're the definitely real monsters here. Ah, real monsters. <laughs> Shit, I need to put that down on my March Manime Madness list. No. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we've got them like getting pitchforks, going towards the house as the gargoyles start flying in towards yep. Gresha. Two burly men with a hammer and an axe break down the door, and we clearly see Trevor is in there in like a, like a silhouette. How long has he been standing there for? <laughs> I think he was sitting down, actually, so that's something. This is the thing. I remember when I first watched this, I was like, has he just been standing there that whole time waiting? Or was he sitting down and being like, yeah, I'll wait. I'll, I'll wait. And then just run over like, oh, oh, oh. okay, and drama. So Trev's in there and, oh, there was a good shot of this really smug priest like mm-hmm. doing this beckoning motion to the mob. Oh, just being yes. like, oh, yep, right this way. Let's go. Let's go commit some genocide. Come on, lovelies. Come on, <laughs> lovelies. Oh, man. Raffle tickets at the back. <laughs> Support the church upkeep. Come on, come We're on. We're getting ravaged by night creatures every night. There's a lot of repairs to go around. Come on, you weirdos. Come get some. Come get some. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's good. Um, and they're at the door. They break it down. Trevor, your number's up. And Trevor's all like, I'm standing here. Back to the door. Oh, where have the speakers gone? 
They're somewhere safe. Cut to the Cyclops room and they're like, oh, did it just move? I swear it just moved. <laughs> Everyone's like totally calm except that one guy. Yeah. Which is the one guy, the young man from mm, from earlier. Yeah, who I don't think has another line in this whole show. Oh no. Yep. As far as we've seen. Oh. oh. It would be nice if in season three, now that they've finished their Dracula quest, Cypher meets up with the other, the other speakers. speakers. At least if if only briefly. Hmm. And just be like they are her family after all, you know? I guess. Um, but she might make her own family. Oh. oh. With Alucard. <laughs> so then there's the problem of where are the speakers? They're in the Cyclops room. No, but I mean, the the priests are all yeah. like, where are the speakers, Trevor? Where are the speakers? Yeah, they go back and forth where they're like, give them. And Trevor's like, you're not getting them. <laughs> and they're like, come on, give them. So we can save the city. No, the city is lost. Lost when the rest of you scum moved in. Oh, you want us to... You're, you're here to fight us? To convince all these this angry mob that the speakers are good and the church is bad? I don't think so. And Trevor's all like, I never said I'd do that. Also, the guy keeps slapping Trevor. <laughs> yeah, well, he's all like, you fucking asshole. I'm not going to murder you yet. And Trevor, to his credit, is not retaliating mm. yet. He's not giving them a reason to kill him yet. I wonder if Trevor is... Still vaguely religious. I don't think so. I feel like he understands that science is the way. I feel like if anyone else slapped him in the face, he would deck him, you know? Yeah, but I think... Still some vague reverence. I think it's because there's a giant mob there. Good point, good and point. And he realises it's like, maybe now is not the time to try and just murder my way out. Maybe so, maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> because well, cause even in this ensuing action, I don't think he takes anything... Oh, no, never mind. He does... He does throw a spear through a priest later. Definitely, Because in this yes. first bit, he, he like, crushes that guy's windpipe and runs out with him and then just mm. drops the door and the others, but that would just trap them in there, not hurt them. Yeah, but he did also throw knives into their arms. Good so point, good point. Infect yeah, him. so they all pull out swords and they're like, give us the speakers. And Trevor's like, nah, he's He says, that's shedding that cloak that he's been wearing this whole time. Uh, and he's all like, my name is Trevor Belmont of House Belmont. Fwoomph. Yak is a back reveal. Yes. We have fought and died for generations for the country. I, I don't want to sandbag that. That was very good. Thank you. And then you have a big, 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 like, bat on his back yeah. or something. It's like this massive house symbol that he has on his back. Oh, it's just the Dracula castle. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. That'd be a great big back tattoo. The oh, Castlevania man. Dracula castle. Oh, that wouldn't look bad at all. We fought and died for generations for this country. We do this for Wallachia and her people. And you don't, we don't, you don't have to know you. We do it anyway. He's taking the cloak off and there's the Belmont crest, Trevor Belmont, House Belmont, and dying has never frightened me. And it's like, this is the moment where the cloak symbolised his rejection of his legacy. Ah. And in this moment, by shrugging off the cloak and revealing his big family crest on his back and, and doing the right thing, he's accepted the call. I see, I see. So mm. now he's part of the Belmonts for good. Not part of the Belmonts because it's his name. Well, now he's being a hero, you know? Yeah. So he throws a bunch of ninja stars at all these guys. <laughs> so literally the first thing he does is crouches down mm -hmm. and then just throws his arms out so that these weird knife things just penetrate into all their arms or hands or something. And they all drop their weapons except for one guy. Yeah, and like he elbows the lead guy in the throat and like grabs him and runs and pushes him out the door. And then as he gets out there, he whips an axe out of the guy's hand and like still... With no, he throws it like a he throws the axe like a boomerang so that it curves back around. Oh, you're you're majorly forgetting the most important parts of this. Yeah, he like tumbles him to the ground, crushes his windpipe more or less, and then pulls a rope 
No, no, he throws the axe at the rope, doesn't he? No, 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 no. So first oh, yeah, he, he pulls, pulls the, the rope, rope on his way out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then that, that traps everyone inside from all these crumbling yeah, rocks. Yeah, that's right. Then he throw, gets the axe and throws the axe and a big cross falls down between him and the angry mob. Symbolism. Oh, oh. the church has failed them. They're understandably per- perturbed by this. And they're like, why did you just make that thing try to we're fall We're going to have to put us? that back up tomorrow. God, can you believe Obviously, this Obviously, we're going to kill the speakers tonight, so we're not going to get nab- ravaged by like, night hordes. I mean, think about it. God's the only guy who's going to save us, not you. You, Trevor Belmont, mm. you're trying to kill us. <laughs> so he grabs a torch from a guy and runs. All the dust from the rocks uh, that fell down near the house has been blown out into the mob, and they're all like, <laughs> I but cannot not Trevor. See- I cannot see anything. And Trevor's all like, Haha, he gets fan. into the alleyways. It's all very early Bloodborne. Yeah, it's all very gothic architecture everywhere. And angry mobs, lots of alleys. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some nerds are in the alleyway waiting for him or looking for speakers and he parkours over them the ancient Wallachian art of parkour um he lands on one of their faces Mm -hmm, kicks mm -hmm. them back and then throws the torch into a pot of oil conveniently prepared plot of pot of oil and then uh yeah they don't want to run through fire but then there's two archer priests on the roof (gasps) and then as if things couldn't be any worse there's two priests with spears coming towards him oh no and then as if things couldn't be any worse there's the thief knife-eye priest he's missing one eye and he's coming from behind they fight very briefly Trevor uses him to block two arrows one hits him in the chest and the other in the eye oh that poor guy (laughs) then he briefly tangles with the spear guys makes short work of them and then throws uh, the spear up at one of the archers who then misses a shot right into the other archer guy yeah so the subtitles kind of gave that away for us because even before the spear hit the first guy the subtitle showed up saying uh both archers scream (laughs) the closed Uh, caption i should say yeah oh man netflix has really got to deal with this uh these spoiler subtitles (laughs) but then uh oh big mob in front of him and in the sky bestial squall (laughs) fuck i love a good bit of bestial squall that was the closed caption for flying goblins oh i love them so much and then, as he's running away... The end. To, to be continued. Yeah. Um, quick chat about Cypher Belnardis, as seen in the video game. Tell me more about Cypher Belnardis. Description. A witch who made a deal with spirits. Mm, that, to, that tracks, that tracks. She's a recurrent character in the Castlevania franchise, okay. uh, as is Trevor and Alucard. She looks very different there. Yeah, very different in the... Um, in her game art hmm. from the patchy slot Castlevania. Yeah, she looks thing. uh hmm. Okay, yep. There's three. One's from what is it? Patchy slot. You know, the p- pachinko slot machines. Oh, yeah, that looks very waifu, very Final Fantasy esque. Yep, yep. Then we've got Dracula's Curse, which is just a drawing of a hooded figure. Yep, with some magic. And then Judgment, which is very clearly a lady. Yeah. Very much a Fire Emblem waifu mixed with a Joker. So in Dracula's Curse, uh, as I mentioned before, she was trapped by the stone cyclops in the in the dark forest or whatever. Yep. Before that, she was part of the hunting party formed by the church to... Hunt down... Dracula. The... Oh. Uh, but because the people of Wallachia were afraid of witches and because Lisa was executed months earlier, mm. she disguised herself as a man. Oh, I see. So it's really... The whole, like, oh, she might be a boy. Yes. Yes, you might say the whole the speakers dress their children as boys thing was Mm. a clever reference. Mm. The carpet is slightly wettened. How slightly? Yeah. Probably slightly. Could it it use a dab? Yeah, a little dab, but it's not. Yeah, I can use a dab. Yeah. I don't think the dab's going to work. It's already soaked. Dab on your carpet. 
Why am I doing this? I don't know. I don't know. You literally were just like, I'll get it. So, so you're telling me that there are two great references. At least. Uh, some dried goat. Yep. Great reference. And now this, which is Cypher, could dressed as a boy girl. For her own protection. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Two great references. Also, Trevor Belmont has a whip. Oh. Great reference. And Dracula is in it. Oh, that is a good reference. Not great, though. I wouldn't say that's a great reference. She also appeared in uh, Castlevania Judgment, in in which, (laughs) stay with me here, Gallimoth plots to send the Time Reaper from 10,000 years in the future into the past to destroy his rival Dracula and change history. What? What? Okay, sure. A man named Aeon discovers this and pulls together champions from different eras into a dimensional rift in order to find a chosen one capable of destroying Gallimoth's servant. Cypher is one of these warriors. I see. What is this game? What? Castlevania Judgment. Okay, so let me get this right. Gallimoth. You know, Gallimoth. Who I assume can only be some kind of giant mothman. Oh, this was the Wii one. Oh. According to Iga... As so as many of you know, the Castlevania timeline goes over a thousand years and there is a character trying to destroy that timeline, as many of, of you know. Oh, as many of us know. Due to magic forces, a variety of characters from different eras are brought together. This game sounds like so much what I hope Hirohiko Araki never does with the last part of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh. Which is basically what they did in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Eyes of Heaven. Oh, they, had, they bring together all the yeah. select heroes yeah. and be all like, let's all have a good time together. Yeah, let's let's Avengers this. Wait, when you say the last part of Jojo's, do we know if that's ever going to happen or if Araki will just keep going forever? You know, I can't rule it out. Hmm. Featured in this game, Simon Belmont, Trevor Belmont, Grant Dynasty, Cypher Bilnardis, Maria Renard, Eric Lacard, Shanoa, Eric Lacard, Carmilla, Golem, Cornell, Golem, Death, Dracula, and Aeon. Nice. Wait, Aeon's a bad guy? I don't know. He's a warrior of the night. Is this a fighting game or something? I don't know. What is this? What is this strange game? Yeah, it's a 3D fighting game. Okay, that makes Uh, sense. Ah, okay. Now it makes sense why it's all stupid bullshit. (laughs) And why they're all in vibrant poses, as opposed to what they normally are, which is like, kind of just about the bust up, you know? She's also in the patchy slot thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said about that. The better as a strong waifu, mm-hmm. and then uh, she's in the Castlevania TV show. Oh, she's also in Mirror of Fate, Lords of Shadow, Mirror of Fate. What's Lords of Shadow, Mirror of Fate? Why that is? Oh, it's the DS one. Four playable characters fight Dracula in his castle in different time periods. That... Oh, it sounds like it's a sort of anthology story. You start with um, Simon Belmont mm-hmm. on the on the quest to avenge his father Trevor. Mm-hmm. Later, you play as Alucard. Cool. Oh, this is the one in the timeline. Yeah, Lords of Shadow, the one where Dracula is Gabriel Belmont, a man who was corrupted by Satan, or by Uh, fighting Satan. hmm. Let's not talk about that one. Oh, okay. All right. Sure. And then an imposter of her appears as a boss in Symphony of the Night, I believe, along with Trevor. Cool. An imposter. Cool. All right. Uh, yep. Cypher. Cypher Belnades. She seems pretty good so far. (laughs) (laughs) Why why are you saying so far? 
Why are you saying... Like Cypher. Oh, these puns, Liam. This, is this going to be a recurring thing where you're just going to be like, if I can get more wordplay in than I ever did If I can up our jokes per minute, then, <laughs> then mathematically it has to be a better podcast, right? <laughs> or maybe just more references. Oh, man. Quantity, not quality. <laughs> All right. So. That's the end of the podcast. Were we doing highlights and lowlights? Oh, yeah. Oh, we're running long. Come on, Liam. Come highlight on. when he kicked the sword into the Cyclops' eye. Nice. My highlight is probably going to have to be the bit where he's running away and he gets the two archer guys. That's pretty cool. It's just a cool bit of choreography. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of that bit in Dark Souls where you're in Anna Londo and there's, there's, there's those two archers in your way. Mm. See, I never had a problem with that because I just sprinted forward and went, that's it. I No, we're just doing this. Mm-hmm. And then murdered one of them immediately. Lowlights. Um, I'm gonna say my low light is probably just the bit before he meets up with the speakers again. So he's been like... When he's in the church? Yeah, when he's in the church. Oh, I, I considered making that my highlight. Oh. Well, it's like that entire section, I feel like you don't quite get what's going on until later. Because he's just like, on the one hand, he's clearly like, I'm going to murder the speakers. But on the other hand, it's like, just... It's simple. We murder the speakers. Yeah, it's just like, okay, but why are you doing any... Like, I understand... Because he's a crazy dogmatic piece of shit. But it's still like, why don't you just kill Trevor right now? It's just, it doesn't quite... Well, it's one. I think it's one of those things where, like that stupid idiot in the goat fucking village was saying, Trevor is one of the noble houses, so he gets special treatment, you know? I guess. But like, even then... Dude from the church doesn't seem like he cares about the noble houses. That's that the much. no. That's the thing, though. You know, in these old stories, like you know, if you're nor- you're a normal person, you just get killed like that. Mm. But if you're a if you're if you're from a special bloodline, you get exi- exiled yeah. and banished. And... True, true. So he's being banished from Greshit. Or yeah, yeah. But it's still just a bit like it doesn't. It doesn't feel right to me. It feels. What's well, not like... right? It's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Ethically speaking, did we have another segment we were doing? Oh, what's my lowlight? My yeah, lowlights are Cypher talking about pissing in a bucket and uh... making Trevor drink it. Oh, Two on. shows in a row where people want to drink piss. Oh, that's good though. It's a great joke. <laughs> um, it's rude, just like Trevor. Ah, uh, did we have another segment that we did? I can't in, remember. In, in absence of predictions. Oh, let me think. I don't think we did. I think that was it we got to go back and re-listen to the end of our podcast yeah. just to be like, what did we do? What are we doing on this show again? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, duck. Well, now we get to go home and not have to deal with vampires for another week. To be continued. To be continued. To be continued.